Welcome to Travolting. Hosted by Jeff Sweeney and Stuart Elmore. Covering the experts. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Travolting. Hello, folks. Com- coming to you live in our first virtually recorded episode. Vir- first virtually recorded episode. It is true. I had a COVID exposure, so I am in quarantine. But for you folks, we will continue to do this podcast. Nothing will stop us. <laughs> Pandemic, rain, sleet, we're like the postal service. If a loved one dies, so- we will still do this podcast. If I get noticed that I have two weeks to live, we will record the remaining episodes of the show in advance uh, before I pass. How how possible would that be, Jeff? Like, realistically, if you had two weeks to live, 14 days, 24 hours in a day, we have 66 episodes to record. We've done 14 well, now. Yes, so that leaves us with 52. And so if, you t- if our episodes are an average of, what, hour and a half? Yeah, we're, we're just going to pound a lot of coffee and knock them out in two and a half days. But you have two weeks to live. We could space them out a little bit. No, I want to spend the rest of that time doing something. I want to bungee jump off the Washington Monument or something. I don't know. Something crazy. Okay, cool. Yeah. But anyway, yes. I anyway I don't have two weeks to live. I have uh, no symptoms. Uh, tested negative for COVID. Just had an exposure and trying to be safe. You also got the first shot, right? I did get the first shot of the vaccine. You got it. I got it. To you folks, I got it in the future, as you'll be hearing about in next week's episode. Uh, Look who's talking. Yeah. And hopefully by this point, most people have been vaccinated. Yes. And uh, my offer stands from the episode that you will hear next week. Uh, If you got vaccinated, send us a picture of your vaccine card at TravoltingPod on Twitter or Instagram, and we'll give you a shout out on the episode. I love that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's it's such an ins- I mean, all these people who are like, I'm not going to get vaccinated are going to be like, wait, I can get a travolting shout out. I'm going to go for it. I think we just convinced like half the world's population. Yeah, I mean, to get a vaccine. Biden, Biden and Fauci are just like, thank you, guys. You really did us a solid on this one. Thank you, travolting. You guys, you, <laughs> because you. of you, we vaccinated well, our country. I, I just I just got a notification at POTUS just tweeted at me. <laughs> thank you. No, um, you've done a great service to your country yeah. at that travolting. Yeah. You know who else does a great service to their country? John Travolta in the 1989 film The Experts. Oh, yeah. I suppose we should talk about this movie. Yes. Uh, what you folks came here today, ravenous to hear us talk about. Uh, thank you all for listening last week to our to the best episode ever on <laughs> Basements, The I, Dumb Waiter. So, fun fact. Last night, I was editing the, ep- the episode for Basements. And I remember that bit that we did where it's just like, Tom Conti doing an ASMR voice. And, <laughs> and I was doing this at like three in the morning last night. And so part of me was like trying not to fall asleep while editing our own episode. <laughs> but the experts, no, as, no ASMR. Um, yes, no ASMR. No, it's not ASMR. It's USSR. It's USSR. Because yes, this is a film set in the Soviet Union. It's set in the Soviet Union. in a Which was... Quite a twist. <laughs> I did not know this was a spy movie. 
or well, spy movie with air quotes. I read the description, and so like I knew I did not. You didn't even read the <laughs> wow. Yeah, going into this blind would be really hilarious. Yeah, I read the description on IMDb, so I knew it's like okay, they're eventually going to go to USSR and think they're in Nebraska and they're not. But it, it, so I have a hot take already. Yes, this movie is just Bill and Ted's adventure to the okay. USSR. Yes, this is like proto Bill and Ted with two guys who are too old to be Bill and Ted. Yes. And instead of um, time traveling, they're going to the USSR. Yes. This movie feels very. Um, it's very much a precursor to several other movies of its kind, I think. Yeah. Um, it feels very Bill and Ted. It feels like um, it, it feels like this walked so Pleasantville could run. Uh, it's another one that came to mind a lot. <laughs> so wait, what movie? Pleasantville. Oh yeah. 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 A yeah. Yeah. Lovely Toby Maguire, uh, Reese Witherspoon, yes. Jeff Daniels film. Yeah. 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 Um, this movie was hard to get through for me. Uh, it's the best movie. I- no, it's, it's, it's fine. It's, uh, you know, well, what, what rating does this have on Rotten Tomatoes? This has a 26. It deserves a zero. Ooh, that's rough. I could not find anything to enjoy about this movie. It's kind of funny. Anything. Nothing. It's kind of fun. There there was like... There's some good jokes. There's one scene where John Travolta dances sensually with with, uh, Kelly Preston. And I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. It's a a total 5 out of 10 for me. A I would solid say two point five out of five. I would say you just, four. You just said it deserved a zero. Well, I said the dance deserved a four out of ten. I thought you were rating okay. the dance. No, I, the movie gets a five out of ten for me. For it's you, a, it's zero out of ten. Yeah, it, it's a totally adequate. I sat there and uh, it ended, and I didn't get anything out of it. Um, but I didn't hate that I'd spent the ninety minutes watching it. Hey Jeff, did you know communism was bad? Really? I mean. If you've watched, I mean, Rocky, Rocky said something like that. Once. If you've watched 1989, The Experts, then you know that communism yes. is a bad thing. You know. Yes. Now so. this is a 1989 film. Yeah. However, I don't know if you knew, but I read the story. This was filmed like three years prior to it coming out. Whoa, three years. So I'm going to get a little bit into the, into our into our context for this week, kind of where we're at with Travolta before we get into the movie. Okay. So, uh, you know, we're picking up after his old down period, you know, blow out, explode, blow out, blew out. Yeah. Um, and then he kind of just retreated into doing things that he was familiar for, staying alive, two of a kind, perfect, et cetera. Yeah. Um, this was pretty much filmed at the tail end of that, and it was more or less the end of his, like, comeback attempt. Um, to <laughs> try and, like, attempt. So, like, to try later and reco- on... He's not even attempting yeah. to come back. Yeah. So where he's trying to, you know, get his old mojo back and be like the cool guy, like hot stuff in town, cool guy. Um, however, he's a little too old at this point. And much like the previous three films in this period of his career, they all fail, uh, as does this one. Yeah. But yeah, this was filmed like three years prior to it coming out in 1989, uh, before Travolta took a two to three year sabbatical from acting, where he just didn't work on anything, tried to kind of restructure his career. And did basements. Fathers. Yeah, did basements on a random whim. But this is basically 
to me, the last um, youthful Travolta performance we're getting. Yeah. Starting with Look Who's Talking, which was filmed, you know, two to three years after this. It's pretty much all roles where he's accepted that he's playing an adult and he's playing adult roles. Yeah. Even if they're not good movies, even if it's a childlike adult, his character is very textually an adult and not like this, where he's trying to play like a 20 year old when he's like 35 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I kind of felt the same way watching this movie where I I also kind of felt this is like maybe probably the last young Travolta performance that we're going to get. Yeah. I mean, we might get some times when he tries, but. Yeah, this is his final attempt to capture that youthful magic. It doesn't work. and But we'll get to that at the end of the episode when we talk about what happens after this movie. Yeah. Uh, so this was filmed shortly after he finishes work on Perfect. It's uh, directed by Dave Thomas. What did who Dave is, Thomas uh, do? He has not directed too much, but he's Rick Moranis' comedy partner uh, from their like comedy group. Uh, what's it called? Bob and Doug McKenzie. So those old things were just two Canadian guys kind of riffing on each other. Yeah. Um, kind of like us. This was, but not yeah, Canadian. Except not Canadian. Yeah. Um, Fuck this Canadians. is a sense. No, we, we love our neighbors to the north. <laughs> um, but no, those old uh, Rick Moranis Canadian comedy bits. That was uh, Dave Thomas, this director. Oh, um, he's also one of the. He's also in Brother Bear as one of the two mooses uh, with Rick Moranis. <laughs> if you've ever oh, seen Brother Bear, oh yeah, interesting. I like how you, you did not recognize the iconic comedy group, but I say the moose and Brother Bear. You locked, <laughs> locked in. And that one locked in for me. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. But yeah, the studio pretty much sat on this for a while. They knew they had a stinker. Um, Finally released it around when Look Who's Talking coming out, expecting some cross-promotional you know, value from that. Doesn't really work out for them in the end. But uh, here's a fun thing before we get into the movie. Uh, Paramount wanted to go back and reshoot this movie three years later uh, and change some things. But uh, Travolta had gained 30 pounds in the time since because he, he hadn't been acting and he was graduating into more adult fare. Um, and so they could not go back and reshoot any of the scenes. Damn. Uh, so it's presented as originally shot you in imagine, 1985. Can you imagine what that might have been like if, like, the agent is like gets a call from the studio and be like, hey, uh, hey, Tim, I don't know if John Travolta's agent's name is Tim, but let's just call him Tim. Hey, Tim, uh, we need John back for some reshoots. Can you bring him in for a screen test? And it's like, wait, which film is this? Like, remember that one we did in 89 or 80, 80, 86, the experts? I'm like, oh, yeah, the nightclub one in the USSR. And they're like, yeah. We're trying to get some reshoots in. Can you bring him in? I'm like, sure. And then it's, you said it's Paramount, right? So it's Paramount yes. Studios, exterior day, car pulls in, cut to interior hallway. We see a low tracking shot of footsteps walking through the hallway. Cut to inside Paramount Executive Office. David Farnsworth is working on a whatever. Door opens. Enter. John Travolta post 30 pounds. <laughs> And he looks up I at mean, him, and the mullet's gone. <laughs> and he's I got mean, some from, scruff. From having watched, look, talking, there's not really that noticeable of a difference. No, it's definitely a dad but, pod. He has a little yeah, bit of a dad pod. Yeah, but it's uh, it's in the area where it, the scenes would not play together. No, yeah, not at all. So, yeah. yeah. So instead, we're left with this artifact of Travolta um, 
kind of in a, a, a performance that's kind of sad to look upon as this older guy trying to still be uh, the teenager from Greece. Yeah, like, I, I gotta say, like, I... When going through this 80s period of John Travolta's failures, like, every single movie I saw him, like, try. Like, he was trying yeah. in almost all of those movies. Like, whether it was Staying Alive, like, he was trying in Staying Alive. He was trying yeah. in Perfect. He was trying in... Uh, two of a Kind. Two of a Kind. Like, I could tell, like, he was putting in the effort, putting in the work. And in this movie, you I don't... don't feel that here. I don't feel that here. Like, it feels like <clears throat> he's just kind of, like... What's the guy? He's like a dumb New Yorker nightclub owner. All right, I got it. And that's I mean, how th- this very feels like. This very much feels like um, a guy who's like been really burned um, by just an endless string of failures. No one wanted to see him do adult movies. No one wanted to see him now go back to his youthful stuff. He feels stuck in a rut. He has no idea what to do. Yeah. And you feel that in his performance in here. Yeah. He's going through the motions. He's not invested in the material. Yeah. Um, he's just kind of here for the paycheck in this one, it feels like. Did he meet his wife or uh, late wife on this project? Kelly. He Preston? did. He did. Meet, he met Kelly Preston on this movie, who uh, he would go on to marry. Uh, and she would be in a few other of his movies. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be talking about their relationship a little bit more in the future. Yeah. Definitely. That'll, that definitely plays a role in like career decisions, I feel like, in the future. Yes. And so I think he uh, he probably looks back somewhat fondly on this movie, just for that reason alone. Yeah. If not the, uh, the rest of the movie. Yeah. Well, I, that's why I was like looking back at their like very sensual dance in uh, this movie, where I was like, can you imagine like, you with your kids? And it's just like, see that scene? <laughs> that was the first day I met your dad. And he had to like grab my ass a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, should we just get into the plot, man? Because yeah, let's let's start it off. Full stop for the audience. I <laughs> just have to admit something, which is I normally take lots of notes over these films. This is the one movie I did not. I did not do that. So, I'm gonna. You, you've do- been busy. You've been busy. I have been busy, man. I'm busy right now. It was funny, Jeff, how, like, remember, we talked about this already, but do you remember when, like, we started this in January, and we were like, well, none of us are employed. We have so much time to do this podcast, and now, like, we're both basically working full-time freelance filmmakers, and, yeah. Yeah, but we are committed to continuing, to finishing this podcast. We are committed. Damn straight, we are committed. To you folks, we will get through all 66 installments of this podcast, Hell or High Water. Look in my eyes. Look in my eyes. I'm, I'm looking in your eyes. I'm 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 fully committed. I was up till <laughs> four AM exporting two episodes, basements and perfect. Our best episodes. <laughs> our best episodes. I actually really like our basements episode. That which that one came out last week, right? Yeah, you folks have listened to it already. Yeah. Uh, let us know if you actually liked it or if it was the most insufferable thing you've ever watched. I mean, if anything, they could attach themselves to the Toy Story conversation yeah. that we had. So we did talk about Toy Story. We did talk about Toy Story a lot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, let's start the movie. <laughs> Uh, we open. We, on we are. An this is maybe our our sweatiest episode yet. Um, yeah, we're both very tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are both very tired. 
but we open on an interview scene with yeah, Kelly it's Preston. A, it's a it's a very it's a, like a black room, and yeah. it's just Kelly Preston and Brian Doyle Murray, who rules, especially in this movie. Yeah, I am so in the weeds, or so in like the tumble with Brian Doyle Murray, mm-hmm. the underappreciated Murray. The underappreciated Murray. Wait, he's what, Bill what Murray's the, bro- He's Bill Murray's brother. I, I, I wasn't going to ask about that. I was like, who? What other Murray are you referring to? I don't know any other Murray. Yeah, and you just Bill brought Murray. up another Murray. Yeah, he's Bill, Bill Murray's Murray. brother. Well, yeah, he's a he's a good guy. Pops up in uh, some Bill Murray movies. Yeah, he's funny. He underappreciated. Funny. What's his name again? Brian Doyle Murray. Patrick Doyle Murray. Brian Doyle Murray. Henry Doyle Murray. See, this I'm gonna, this is my bit the entire time because it's like he is Bill Murray's brother. So I'm going to so Brian Doyle Murray. Yes, he's also the flying Dutchman in SpongeBob. Okay, that makes sense now. You like how that's how I can make connect the dot was the flying yes. Dutchman in SpongeBob. You can tell yes. I'm very tired, can you? <laughs> yeah, he's all, but he's in Ghostbusters too. He's in JFK. Uh, he's in a lot of movies. I, I like him. I like Brian Doyle Murray. I always get happy when he pops up in something. He does a decent job in this film. Yeah, he. I mean, everyone is like decent in this movie. <laughs> uh, not everyone. John Travolta is not. I'm sorry, John. I just think you were going through the motions in this movie. I mean, it's, it's fair. It's fair. So, but anyway, we open on the interview scene with Kelly Preston yes. and uh, Brian Doyle Murray. Yeah, and it looks like it's interviewed. for a job. It sounds like it's yes. for a job. Um, and then, but par- then plot twist who walks in? Charles Martin Smith, Charles. Terry the Toad, Terry the Toad himself comes in and is like, no, you're bad at being a spy. You need to learn how to infiltrate the American. You can't talk with these outdated references and have your accent and whatnot. And then she like starts talking in rush, speaking in Russian. And yes. It's like you broke and- the first rule, which is never speak in Russian. And then later in the movie, they go back and speak Russian all the time. Like yes. that, I knew that was going to happen. As soon yeah. as they he said that, I'm like, rule number one, don't speak a Russian. I'm like, well, they're going to break that rule in two seconds. And they did. They did. Yes. But you know what? That's that's when this it becomes apparent that this is not a job interview. This is a spy interview. It's a spy class. It's a spy school for spies. For what country, Jeff? The Soviet Union. The Soviet Union. Yes. And so it becomes, we see that they're training these uh, future spies for the KGB in a mock town they built in the middle of Siberia? Question mark. <laughs> it's like 80 miles off the Sea of Japan, I think. Yeah, it, it, it has a remarkably temperate climate for so the for Russia, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. Why is it uh, like you know if they're gonna set it anywhere? Like why Nebraska? I mean, isn't like Minnesota or North Dakota more like Russia? Like because it's cold there all the time. Just a little, at least a little bit. Yeah, but yeah. They're um they built a mock town called Indian Springs, Nebraska, uh, and they're training these KGB operatives and. De- sending them into the town where there's a bunch of Soviet uh, citizens pretending to be Americans have lived there for 30 years as Americans. Why? 
so they can see if any of the uh, residents there ever get to pick out who's a spy and who isn't. It's a assimilation school. So that's the uh, the gimmick of this movie. Wait a second. I, I got to poke holes in this because I've been thinking about this the entire movie about like what would be the effectiveness of this whole thing? Because... So well, that's what the training, movies. That's what the movie's asking. That's so the they're asking. Their citizens pretend to be Americans, and they have to find the KGB spy. I think the the idea is whether the spies they send in can blend into the society without causing a ruckus or anyone noticing. It's like it's like a big drama class, except for spies. I guess it's just not, it's not linking up to me right now. <laughs> I don't, maybe it's just because I'm really tired and mother, other people, like, they might understand it more. But to me, it's just like, wouldn't you want it to be the other way around? Like, you, wouldn't you want to build, like, a prop town, but make it a Russian town? And then, but everybody's in the know of, like, okay, like, there's going to be, like, a Russian, an, a, someone who's trying to be an American spy, and we got to find the American spy. Because you're well, it's, training it's, the population. It's a, it's, it's to train you how to pretend to be an American. And so you you pretty much just have to live like an American. Well, that but makes pr- sense. Yeah. But the problem they're having is that they're still trapped in the 1950s. <laughs> because the Soviet Union and the Cold War is always trapped in the 1950s, according to Hollywood. Because they don't believe in material capitalism, Jeff. Yeah, they don't believe in consumerism. <laughs> so... The, they're trapped in the 50s. Everyone acts like the 50s, and they're like, and Brian Dormer and his superior officer are like, this is, this is not doing well for our spies. We need to be modernized or something like that. We must like, get, shut the town down. And you know what? We they must s- get experts, experts on America. They need the experts. That's, and that's, that's where the title comes from, is like, of, of all people you could try to get to become experts in modernizing an American community, you go to New York City. And you find two washed-up nightclub owners. <laughs> exactly. So uh, Charles Martin Smith gets this thing that they're going to shut down his uh, his training school unless he, you know, finds experts. So he yeah. goes to New York, and he sees these two goof, these two lovable goofballs, two goofballs, the Bill and Ted esque characters, yeah. Travis and Wendell, played by John Travolta and the otherwise non-existent R. E. Gross. <laughs> Was he in anything after this? Um, let me let me see what he's let me see what he's been up to. Cause um, I was like, should I recognize that guy from anything? And I never did. I do not see a single other movie I recognize, except for he was a character named Howard Marks in Minority Report. Um, but I don't know who that is. Uh, I've seen Minority Report. I don't remember that guy. So yeah, pretty much looks like he just kind of uh, he's been around. He's been around. Okay. He's been around. Yeah. Um, but not too much in the way of like notable work. No offense. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Um, uh, what was his name again? Uh, Ari Gross. Ari Gross. Sorry, Ari. Yeah. I'm not trying to gross but, you out. But yeah, uh, Charles Martin Smith playing. What's his character's name? What's that guy's name? Uh, Cameron Smith. <laughs> uh, so he just he just keeps his last name. Um, yeah. He he's like these two guys. They know pop culture they know america nowadays i'm gonna ask them to open a club in my town and, and show everyone the what's what 
So so he uh, approaches them with his idea of he doesn't just approach them. He he. So this scene got to me a little bit too. So there's a lot of business in the beginning with John Travolta. <laughs> it's a lot and of business. Ari Gross, where that doesn't matter. They get robbed at the beginning. <laughs> doesn't come back. Uh, his girlfriend well, no, leaves the, him. The, the idea is that his girlfriend took all the stuff when she left. Yeah, but that's what I mean. It's and, like, and that, she leaves him a note on toilet paper. And John Travolta's just like, you know, the real insult of it all was the toilet paper. It wasn't her taking the furniture or leaving me, but leaving the note on the toilet paper. <laughs> so they're walking down the sidewalk, and Mr. Smith is in a taxi, and he's following them. And he te- like he's, tells the cabbie just to keep tailing them. And they f- see the cabbie tailing them. And they're like, yeah. hey, what you want? And so then Mr. Smith peeks out the window and be like, I got a proposition for you. I got a club. I need, I need the guys to run. I need guys to run clubs. You two seem good. Good boys. Good boys. He's like, are you trying to hamstring us or something? It's like, no, no, no. You got to trust me here. Get in the car. So they do. They get in the car. And they're like, okay, what's this uh, nightclub deal? And then they, I don't remember what happens after that. They get on a flight. Well, get on a they plane. get into the club and they're like, well, this sounds fishy, but let's just ride along. Let's see how it goes. We don't have anything else. Yeah. And so they get so on. Apparently, a- apparently John Troll, apparently they had tried to open a club in Amer- in New York before uh, using R.E. Gross's dad's money, Wendell's dad's money. Yeah. And it went belly up. Uh, did not go out well for them. So they're like, well, this guy's going to pay for it. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work. We come back to New York and try again. So they uh, agree to go along. Uh, and they get into a, they pack their stuff. They get into a plane. Um, Mr. Smith is like, to our future. And they toast with champagne. Plot twist, the champagne's been drugged. Oh, what? no. Wendell and Travis out for the count. And then they and they do the stereotypical comedic where they just like plop their faces into their food yeah. when they pass out. Yeah, and and where did they wake up? Indian Springs, Nebraska. Indian but Springs. Where they were really? The Soviet, Soviet Union. Union. That's yes. right. They're drugged, uh, and they're knocked t- unconscious, and flown across the Atlantic to the Soviet Union. Where they wake up in uh, bunk beds <laughs> in Mr. Smith's house. Yeah. Now, uh, one of my favorite bits about the flight was, again, they say, never use your accent. But he gives the, he takes a champagne from the stewardess and he says something in Russian to the stewardess. It's like, he, you bitch. I have a question because none of the Soviets in this movie, save for like two, have accents. Yeah. Like, is Mr. Smith a Soviet? He's a Soviet, but he, he has an American accent, even it, when he's exclusively with other Russians. Yeah. I think it was just that these actors didn't want to, like Brian Doyle Murray and Charles Munch, didn't want to do Russian accents. <laughs> they didn't want to commit to Russian accent. And it's like. Yeah, they, they just want, they, they were here for the money and they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll do it. Is. Oh, man. Maybe I'm just tired to ask this question. But, like, are Russian accents that hard to do? Because I feel like people do them all the time. I feel like a good one is hard. Because yeah. we're so inundated in American culture with like over the top Russian accents. There's right. a lot of them in this movie. Yeah. But like every bad guy in like a John Wick or any action movie, you know, we're so used to these like over the top Russian accents. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it it's powerful to have like a subtle, like even the Marvel movies, like, you know, 
the Elizabeth Olsen accent or the uh, the Florence Pugh and Black Widow accent. Mm-hmm. They're 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 iffy. They're iffy. Yeah. Um, and one? so a good one goes a long way. Have usually, you, you just usually you acquire that by hiring a Russian actress or actor. Yeah. Have you seen um, Chernobyl on HBO? I have not. Um, that. So, like, that's a weird mix because they have some characters in that. They all speak English, but they're all Russian. Um, for folks who don't know, Chernobyl is a 10-episode miniseries uh, on HBO Max, and it's really good. You should go watch it. But all the actors speak English, but with, like, subtle, slight Russian accents. Yeah. And um, what's the guy? Not Bill Skarsgård, but the older one. Stellan. Yes, yeah, Stellan Skarsgård plays like this Russian bureaucrat and he has this like really great like over the not over the top which is a really aggressive Russian accent. Like if if a German had to like do a Russian accent, that's what it would sound like. Yeah. Like Peter Lagrosov. <laughs> it's like basically how he <laughs> sounded. And it was yeah. really good. So, yeah. But Bill Stellan Skarsgård wasn't an expert on No, he was Russian not accent. an expert. But you know who was you know an who, expert? John Travolta, <laughs> he was the he was the expert. On American lifestyle uh, so, in the eight, late 80s. Yeah, so they wake up in the Soviet Union. Um yes. before we continue, I, I think it's important that we talk about the hair. Are you starting the hair? Uh, Jeff I'm pass Sweetie starts this. Have you recognized that <laughs> I've been putting every single hair ra- ranking episode with music now? Yes. Yeah. Like they, by that I mean you you sent me a video an audio recording of yeah. it. So every time we start the hair ranking, like I have a new like hair ranking theme song. And every time yeah, it's always been me that says, but first we gotta talk about the hair. And then ba-da-ba-ba. Yep. And now it's you. I'm starting it today. You're starting it today. Be- because I think there's potential for the new bottom of your list <laughs> coming up. Well, let me just say. Well, Jeff, I want to bring you into the hair ranking a little bit. I, I've been a part of the hair How ranking. much do you agree with weeks. my list? How much do you agree with my list? Uh, let me Let me look at it. Let me look at it. Yeah, it's, 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 I'd say fairly. Yeah. I, I, I generally vibe with more short hair Travolta, so I disagree with... Uh, actually, I disagree more than I agree. But all the hairs are good so far for the most part. Yeah. So I can't be mad at your list. And where do you place the experts in your... Uh, that would be bottom, bottom, bottom. Okay. That This mullet, is, it ain't it. It ain't it. Yeah. I would say the same. (laughs) (laughs) I was watching this and like every time John Travolta was either in a medium shot or a close up, I was always looking at his mullet. (laughs) It's impossible not to. It's impossible not to look at his mullet. And it is just, it's not it, man. Like he's (laughs) clearly not 20 years old anymore. He cannot pull this off. He can't pull this off, dude. Like he can't do the hairy. Even when he was 20, I'm pretty sure he could not pull this off. He pulled off Carrie pretty well. But Carrie is nice hair. Carrie is this nice is, hair. 
this is a disastrous like abomination. I want to talk to the hairstylist for this movie and ask, "What were you thinking? What were you thinking? What hath you wrought?" <laughs> God, because like it, it, it like trickles down over his forehead, but then it does. Yeah, it, it's it's despicable. It's ugly. I How don't like it. Kelly Preston married him after that movie, I will not know. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Not to call him out. Uh, yeah. No, I would say, what's at the bottom of the list? Devil's Reign? Devil's Reign. Let's put it below Devil's Reign. Below <laughs> Devil's Reign. <laughs> the movie where you don't even see his hair gets higher than the movie with the mullet. It's... The mullets. It, it is atrocious. atrocious. It's, it's, it's terrible. It's atrocious. I'm glad you and I both agree. We may disagree yes. on where what the best hair is, but we agree on what the worst hair is. Yes. Jeff, I texted. I texted you before you watched it and said, "I think you may have a new lowest of the hair." Oh yeah, I looked at it. And I'm like, no, that's not his hair. That's <laughs> not is. his hair. That's gonna it be is. like the urban cowboy beard where he starts off with a mullet and then he cuts it halfway through to show how he matures. You yeah. know, never Except happens. Never that, happens. That, okay, so here, here's the thing. That, that ties into something that I simultaneously like about this movie as much as it's kind of like what makes the movie nothing. There, there's no growth in this movie. No, there is no growth there's in this no movie. There's no point. It's about, it's about two knuckleheads. Yep. Uh, uh, your Bill and Ted's, your Wendell and Travis. Wendell <laughs> and Travis. Your Harold and Kumar. Um, and then 90 minutes go by and they're the exact same people with no change. <laughs> 100 percent and uh you know i kind of like it <laughs> it's a, i glad i'm glad this movie isn't trying to accomplish anything other than be a little funny and even at that i'm not sure it entirely succeeds but uh no it uh i'm, I'm glad it's not trying to be anything else because then i would consider it lower yeah what's interesting is when they wake up in quote-unquote indian springs nebraska yes. they're in bunk beds yes. wearing like full pajamas tops yes, and bottoms very, well they're in the 50s well and they were drugged so they wake up this way and wendell makes a comment like i wasn't wearing this when i fell asleep someone must have redressed me <laughs> yeah and they're both just like oh man we must have hooked up with someone on the flight. yeah that's what they say it's like well out you know it's the big combo altitude and alcohol like knocks you out man probably hooked up with somebody and Next thing you know, we're here. Great logic, Travis. Yes. (laughs) So they walk down, turns out they're in Mr. Smith's house. Um, He, his like, you know, perfect 50s nuclear family, wife, two kids. Yeah. Uh, And they're like, do you want breakfast? And Travis and one are like, no, we're going to go hit the town. Check this place out. And then for like five minutes, it's like a back to the future riff where they're just walking through this 50s town. Um, Yeah. Uh, being like, whoa, we're so out of time. This place could, this uh, no nightclub could succeed in this place. These people are too stiff. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't paying yeah. attention during this moment because it was not, it was yeah. a lot of just, and now they're walking through the town. Yes. Seeing things, it, doing stuff. It's, it's pretty much the less interesting version of that Back to the Future scene where Marty wakes up and plays Mr. Sandman. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, Mr. Smith eventually takes them to the club they're going to renovate called the Polynesian Club or the Polynesian. What's it's called? It's like a oh, yeah, Polynesian Club. It's like a rainforest jungle decor. Yeah, it, it's Hawaii. It's Hawaiian themed. Hawaiian theme. You it's know, Pol- it's Polynesian themed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, there, there's a there's a weird gag where the where Travolta leans over to Wendell and he's like, uh, "Hey, you want a pack of sugar?" And like you're supposed mm-hmm. to assume it's cocaine, but then he pulls out an actual packet of sugar and. Uh, yeah, they, I watched the rated like, R version. Uh, oh, by the way, on Amazon Prime, there's two versions: the rated R. I watched and the PG. The PG. I watched the PG-13 version. I watched the R version. I don't know what was different. There weren't that many <laughs> R moments that I could tell. Was there any nudity? Uh, no boobs. Yeah. Okay. There was so, one scene where Kelly Preston and John Travolta were like, they weren't fully unclothed, but clothes were starting to come off. Yeah. More so ha- from John Travolta than Kelly Preston. I had that in the PG-13 version as well. How so. long was the sensual dance that they did in the beginning? Because in the R version, it was long. Uh, very long. Maybe I watched the R version. I don't know. Yeah. But it was like I, I didn't lots sh- of butt grabbing, lots of grinding. And at I one didn't pay point, attention. Yeah. This is later in the movie. We'll get to it. But like at one point, she like slides down to where her face is facing his crotch. Then it cuts away to him looking around nervously. And it's like we're just left to our imagination as they're dancing. Okay, I, in the I watched the, the R version. I watched the R version. Well, then we got to watch the PG thir- PG 13 version. Maybe it's like a million times better, Jeff. Who knows? Remember when we watched um, Eyes uh, Two of a Kind? In yeah. Full screen, and there was a widescreen version. <laughs> We're still probably Good missing time. out on our audience. Um, that widescreen version probably is so much better. Yeah, it's probably a five out of five movie. Probably just because it's widescreen. But but anyway, they're at the Polynesian Club. They're at the Polynesian Club. Um, Travolta's trying to like Travolta's trying to make a lemon lemonade out of lemons, and he's like, you know, it's like a it's like a Jetsons meets Hawaii kind of deal going on. Yeah, we'll make it work. Wendell not having any of this. Not having any of this. He's like, it ain't gonna work. No one's gonna come here. He's like, I'm going home. This town can't handle this. So he goes and he calls his dad to ask for money to fly home. And his dad's like, I know you're a low life. You're never going to accomplish anything. He hangs up and walks back into Travolta. Question. He's like, yes. So they let them contact the outside world. Yeah, which is very strange. Yeah, because it doesn't they don't make it very clear in the beginning. There's a little bit in the middle where it implies they're not allowed to leave. But yeah. it's not very clear in the beginning. Like when they get there, like they can leave whenever they want. It sounds like it, but there's yeah. no boundary, you know, like they don't talk about the boundary of this town. Cause which I thought would have been a perfect, that would have been a better movie. If like these two, <laughs> under the dome. <laughs> yeah. Like an under the dome esque like movie where it's like, they're trying to like assimilate into this town. They're like, what's beyond that? And it's like, Oh, we don't go back there. And they're like, why? It's like, we just don't. So pretty much you want the village. <laughs> yeah. But with John Travolta in the Soviet Union. But with John Travolta in the Soviet Union. Is that too much to ask for? <laughs> I don't think it is. Get M. Night on the horn. <laughs> Get him. <laughs> but, um. None of that. No. Wendell is oddly resistant to the idea of this club. He's very quick to storm it, which is confusing to me because this this thing's all paid for. Yeah. By Mr. Smith. and the. So even if you don't think it's going to work, why not just... You know, spend their money, try it out. If it doesn't work, go home then. You're not losing anything except, like, exactly. your life. Like, John Travolta's on the right path here. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, Travolta's insistent. Uh, Wendell eventually comes back, 
Uh, There's kind of a funny bit where Travolta's just sitting at the bar crying, listening to Why Do Birds Suddenly Appear? I was so confused. Was Every he time. Crying because Wendell left? Yeah, he's crying because Wendell left. His best friend abandoned him in Russia. <laughs> he didn't know he was in Russia. <laughs> His best friend abandoned him in Indian Springs, Nebraska. Yeah. You know, I guess there's one little bit of progressivism in this movie, which is when Wendell shows up, he doesn't immediately like, wipe his tears and pretends to be manly. He just kind of like continues they, to cry a little bit. They admit their, their friendship for each other. Yeah. But right. uh, they're like, yeah, we're going to make this club work. And they're like, Mick Jagger, he going to be there. Uh, and then they, they start renovating and they need to hire some help. Um, and when you just mentioned, you know, there's some progressivism. This is where the, the, the movie gets sent back like 20 years in terms of uh, yeah in which they're they're searching for work uh, they hire one they hire this one guy who works at a burger joint which they had gone to earlier um in a not so interesting scene so we didn't talk about it um and then they have the town's one uh black guy come up yeah and travolta just says um blood to him because i suppose that you know you just gotta assume that uh Every black guy is, uh, you know, would know what that means, right? Because this movie is a uh, gloriously 1980s, um, and would not fly in today's world. <laughs> yeah, and there's a part when he they're talking to this uh, black individual um, in this job interview, and they're like, "All right, you're hired," and he's like, "Great," and he turns around and says, "Hey, you didn't just hire me because I was black, was I?" And they're like, "Yeah," they're like. Oh, good. And then he walks away. <laughs> what the yeah, fuck? It, this movie has very strange racial politics in that it doesn't have any and just thinks that, oh, he's black, so it's funny. Yeah. Um, which is... He's laughing at it, so you can laugh at it. Yeah, he's laughing, so you can laugh at it being a little racist, which is... Right. Not good. Not, uh, ver- not ver- good, very bad. I would, I would say very bad. Yeah. Well, we're going to talk about one movie in the future. Um, yeah which will be burdensome to talk about, Jeff. Oh, yes. And uh, we'll have to be uh, manly about it. But yes. uh, there's a lot of writing on the white wall. Yeah. That'll be an episode that you folks are going to have so much fun listening to, just as much as we're going to have talking about it. Um, but we're not at that movie yet. We are. I wish I would. Yeah. I wish we were, though. I'm looking forward to how uncomfortable that's going to be. Yeah. Uh, so, so they open the club. Um, and then there's like a, a three hour long dance scene uh, where Travolta and a uh, very sensual Kelly Preston dance around the club. And boy, because I, sensual. Yeah, because like pretty much only old people show up and there's like, uh, you know, pies and whatnot being handed out. And Travolta is like, we need to liven this club up and show them what a real 80s club looks like, feels like. Yeah. So they get the, uh, they get going with that dancing. Ugh. And a bunch of other folks just start getting in with a less success with less successful dancing, but the town is starting to be changed. Yeah, and they tell Mister Smith, you know, what the best way to do this would be is to bring in American products. Oh, he says uh, the American dream is through Japanese products. <laughs> yes, that was one. Like that was a good line. I was like, that was a good line. That was pretty good. So uh, they st- so after the club opens up, Travolta starts uh, dating. Uh, Kelly Preston. Her name is Bonnie in the movie. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Wendell starts uh, 
dating this random girl he met at a burger joint named I Jill. barely remember her. She's like hardly a character in the movie. Yeah. She is like literally just a plot device. Yeah, definitely. And an um, off-screen plot device, by the way. Yeah, a mostly off-screen plot device. Yeah. We'll get to that. But later. um, so they start shipping in the uh, like American pro or Japanese products and like VCRs and DVD and like CDs and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and it's starting to change the town. People are becoming more American because you know a VCR can change your life, man. Well, it's funny because they just have truckloads of these things. They're just handing yeah. them out to people. Yeah. And John Travolta is like, Mr. Smith. What are you doing? And he's like, well, I'm giving them all American goods and stuff. It's like, you sell them a $600 VCR. Yeah. You don't give it away. You give away $5 nightclub tickets. With the VCR. And then he like pulls That's them the- aside and says, let me give you a little something to teach you a little something about entrepreneurism. And it's like another, yeah. it's one of those small little communist capitalism yeah. digs. Like it's like capitalism yeah. is dumb because they don't understand business. They don't understand that you got to make money. Yeah. All that stuff. Right. But um yeah, so that starts happening. Um the people start dressing more like the eighties. Yep. Um th- there's a really weird scene where uh Charles Mark Mr. Smith's wife comes back from like a time out of yeah. the town with, with Wendell and she's dressing like, you know, go go clothes from the eighties. Yeah. And you would assume that there would be like kind of a Pleasantville sequence where Mr. Smith is like, Oh, you're changing. But no, he just is like Wow, you will look good. And they just have sex in the kitchen. And it's John so Travolta strange. wants to watch. And then Wendell's yeah. like, no, 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 no. Let's get out of here. He's like, what? I it's, like to watch. It's such a strange scene. This, this Soviet operative is just immediately like, oh, yeah, cool. My wife looks good now. Let's have sex in the kitchen with these two random guys here. Where are their kids, Jeff? No idea. The movie never tells us. Where are their kids, Jeff? Whomst among us knows. I think I know where they are. Where? In the kitchen. <laughs> Watching? Yeah. Yeah. Probably. Oh, but but how did the uh how did the uh American products get there? Through a uh, Soviet a Latvian smuggler named Yuri. <laughs> named Yuri. <laughs> played Yuri by is J- the best character in this entire movie. <laughs> played by Full James stop. Keach. The producer of the movie. <laughs> James Keach, you were the best actor on the set. I'm not joking with that. He is the best actor on this set. He's like this over-the-top Russian stereotype. He's, yeah. he's he's actually he's pretty funny in the movie. He does a good job. I yeah, honestly but he's love like, him. He's like, yes, I brought the product in now I need to get back to Latvia. And he says, No, and no, no. Like, once you're here, you have to stay. Which yeah, they're like, what? Yeah. But they're like, yeah, we're arresting you. And he's like, is it because I stole condoms? And he pulls like 30 condoms out of his pockets. It's like, they're ribbed. The ladies go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) And they arrest him and we don't see him again for a bit. For a bit. Yeah. Yeah. But meanwhile, Travolta and Travis and Wendell are changing the town. Yes. Don't they go to the beach at one point? They go to the beach and at one point, uh, they go to the beach for the 4th of July celebration. 4th of July celebration. Yeah, <laughs> in US, you know, I think there's a funny like um, montage bit. There's a lot of montagey bits in this. Yeah. I think the one of the best ones is when they're redecorating the nightclub, and it's like the most 
USA summer pop hit song, but instead of USA, it's like summer in the USSR. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it's, like, very, it's very strange. It's very strange. I'm like, what? <laughs> It's a little weird. <laughs> Summer party in the it's like party in the USA, but party in the USSR. Try that. Yes, the Soviet Union. Hands up to praise in my song. But yes, um, there's a part where Travolta teaches these two guys how to peep uh, when a girl walks by you because they're like just yeah, he like and teaches them how to peep. Yeah, and he's like, yeah, no, you what you got to do is just lower your sunglasses. It's it's yeah. like cool. Like, look over. And it works. The eighties. The eighties. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, what a time! And like everybody, yeah. in the t- every man in the town is doing it. He's taught them the male gaze, Jeff. Yes, he's taught them the male gaze. Instead of hoop nannying, they now just gaze. The, this whole part of the movie just goes by so quickly. It's like nothing of note happens. It's just a lot of business. Yeah. yeah. Um, we get we get a, our first like plot development in an hour when. I forget why they start wandering about, but they get lost in the woods. Um, uh, that's because they are getting in their car to leave. And by this point, the USSR operatives in the control room, which is in this like, oh, truck yeah. tanker, they see the people are um, starting to embrace the American way and they're getting corrupted by the materialism. So what's our only solution? We kill the experts. We blow them yeah. up. And it's led by this guy who is like a he's dressed a, like a priest, dressed like a priest. Why is he dressed like a priest? Because he's the town preacher. Because presumably he's a town preacher. We don't see him as a town preacher. He's just well. There's one part where he's in front of a church, dressed in the robes. Okay, yeah, but he's actually a really bad person. So yeah, he's terrible. He puts a bomb in their car, and so they're driving off, um, trying to get back to town. They have to step out for a leak, and the, there's a Faint, fantastic peeing sound effect, which is like a water hose. And John Travolta comments on it. He's like, Wendell, why do you pee like a kid? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, what? It's like every time I got to pull over, I got to pee, pull over, I got to pee. And it's like, well, you, you're peeing too. You can't judge me. And then the car blows up. And so then they're wandering yeah. in the woods. And they come across a Soviet installation. A Soviet installation. They just stumble upon a Soviet installation. Yeah, they're like, hey, those are Russian letters. And then people start speaking, like, they got those are speaking Russian words. And they see Mr. Smith yelling in Russian, which he's not done at all throughout the rest of this movie. And then they put a English sign on a truck. And John Travolta's like, well, wait a minute. See, look, that's an English sign on a truck. When it's like, that's worse. <laughs> yeah, Travolta's, Travolta's like, we got Soviets in Indian Springs. And then Wendell grabs me. He's like, no, no you idiot. Man, we have, we have. Indian Springs in Russia. <laughs> oh man, what a good moment! And then yeah, uh, it's the the best movie ever. Yeah, um, yeah. So they re- they return back to town, and they're like, "We need to get our girlfriends and get out." Even though it sounds like a terrible idea. Yeah. But um, Travolta grabs Bonnie, and then she points a gun at him, and it's like, "I am KGB operative. You are under arrest." Yeah, she puts on the accent. But- but then it turns out she actually loves him and because she, shoots, she goes to shoot him. She shoots the camera. Yeah, she shoots the security camera. So he has time to escape. And when she shoots the security camera, she immediately then drops the Russian accent, which, again, yeah. she's Russian, not American. Like, why is she putting on the American accent again? Who knows? 
Uh, but she says, I had to shoot the movie camera. They were uh, watching us. And Travolta's like, oh, were they watching us when we... And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, do they have the like, tape? They, they had hooked up earlier. Yeah. And then he says, do they have the tape? Eighties. <laughs> 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 Eighties. Yeah. But then uh, Wendell goes to his girlfriend, Jill, um, and is like, we got to go. The, the Soviets are here. And then there's just like a weird cut. To them in prison. Yeah, it's them in prison. And they're and like, says, can't believe, he's like, I can't believe Jill turned us in. Yeah. Talk about an off-screen plot device. Yes. <laughs> Literally, we don't see anything. They just, they're just in We don't see them Bonnie. getting arrested either. They just like... Yeah, bo- Bonnie's nowhere to be found. Cut to them in jail. Yeah. How did they find John Travolta? Who knows? Who but knows? they're just... They're, the two of them are just sitting there in prison. How much like, time went by during that cut? A day, uh, I think a, a night, day, maybe a few a week, hours, a month, a year. This movie doesn't want you to know. But what if it actually was a year, Jeff? What if they were sneaking around in this fake American town in Russia for a year and then Jill mm. turned them in? Whoa. They've been there for years. <laughs> but yeah. So, so anyway. uh. They're they're in this prison. They have like a little heart to heart about why they got into the club business. I can't remember. I don't remember um, any of that either. Yeah. That, <laughs> it's like probably supposed to be the most touching moment, and like none of us care. It's it's utterly non-existent. None of us. But the, care. the wall the wall starts busting open. Yeah, like, it's like bricks are flying out, and they're so nonplussed. Travolta's just like, ah, we got rats now. <clears throat> and who who comes through the wall? Who comes through the wall? Yuri. And then John Travolta says, yeah. a big rat. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, yes, I've been, you should see Seldy hit me and I'm crawling to try and find freedom. I have plane, I am pilot. At least so you like, oh, have guy. window. He's like, yeah, at least you have window. So, uh, you know, it makes them. Book our travel agent. Yeah, they're like, oh, he can, he can get us out of here. Um. How do they get out? Yeah, they uh, well, they go to court or they make an agreement with Mr. Smith that they'll denounce right. America and stay in the town in exchange for their lives. Well, yeah, they won't get executed. They'll just go to the gulag, which yeah. is the gulag like, still a thing in the in 1987? I didn't think it was. I, I don't know. The gulag was a Stalin era thing. I don't think it was a um, Gorbachev era thing. When were gulags I'm pretty <laughs> abolished? I'm looking up. 1960. Yeah. So gulags weren't a thing in 1986 when they filmed this movie. Yeah. So uh, the gulag does not exist at this point. Yeah. But um, so, yeah, the, the pretty much the agreement is if they denounce America and convince the town to stop being American. um, the, Yeah, they'll be allowed to live in the town. Yeah. Uh, but then they're like, no, we can't betray our country. And they get weirdly patriotic for two guys who have expressed no patriotism throughout the rest of this movie. Yeah. Like John was like, I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> this has a, it has like a Rocky four moment where he's like, yeah, America's a great country. We're going to show you what's what. If I can change, uh, then you, can, you change. can change. We all can change. But then um, all the. uh the citizens join them, rise up, and like kick all the Soviets out. And like, we got to get this entire town to Yuri's plane. 
uh, <laughs> I remember there's a really funny line uh, by Yuri where they're asking him, like, why did you come here? And he's like, it was flying plane to deliver products. And they're like, well, what were you delivering? And he's like, stereos, TDs, compact dicks. <laughs> yeah, compact dicks. <laughs> Oh, it's a good line. That's a good. It's one. funny. Yeah. Um, but um. So they're trying. Yeah, they to get have to get out. all all the citizens to the airfield. Um. But then a bunch of Soviets show up, and there's like a gun battle. And yeah, there's a gunfight in this. There's a big old gunfight at the end. And Kelly um, Preston, who is a KGB operative, grabs a like AK-47 and starts going ham. And then he grabs the gun from her. It's like, no, no, no! This is, a man should be doing this. And then he. It's like a fun little, it's supposed to be fun spoofy because he clearly can't shoot a gun. But then the yeah. answer to which is he doesn't give the gun back to Kelly Preston. He just keeps shooting. So it's like, yeah. Okay. And it's just like, he's shooting into the air and he, he, uh, Yuri comes over and takes the machine gun and gives him a pistol. He's like, this better for you. More control. I have, I have big gun. It's like a dick joke. It's yeah. Great. Um, yeah, they, they're all, they all get on cars and they're driving to the airfield uh, and they all hop in the plane but then Travolta and uh, uh, Wendell, Wendell and Travis are trapped outside of the plane and they're running and they climb up the ladder into the plane and it, it's about to take off but Yuri realizes oh no, they, they forgot to, the, the wing is jammed so he climbs on the outside of the plane while Wendell and Travis try and fly it uh, and Yuri's out there like, I fix plane. Uh, I do this all the time. I do all the time. It, it, it's, it's like funny. It's fine. Um, <laughs> and that's when plane takes off. Travolta and Wendell are flying the plane. Yeah, they're flying the plane and uh, they, they succeed. <laughs> yeah, they get out. Going out. Yeah, they, they fly it across the Pacific and uh, Yuri's like, we are in international water. and uh, Which is like, I don't know much about American airspace security and like uh, the Department of Defense and what the protocol is for when they see a Soviet tagged plane flying towards the states. Well, that's because Yuri was a smuggler, so they can get through. And I suppose they're also like, we're refugees. Well, I guess this is a pro refugee film, Jeff. Yeah. Pro immigration. Yeah, this movie. Yeah, this movie does end with a like. And I don't want to say weird in like a bad way, but a weird like shift into a, a pro-immigration movie at the end where yeah, it's like all these um, John Travolta's like they're, they're all ba- immigrants, man. Like I'm not sure how they're gonna like yeah. do in New York. And he's like, we need to set up the immigrants in the best way possible, and they bring them all to a a real Indian Springs in Nebraska, and they build a town together. You hear that, folks in Nebraska? You got a town full of ex-commies. You got commies coming up. I think no, this reignited the Red Scare of the 90s. George H.W. watched this movie and was like, there's commies in the States. <laughs> we must find them. Yep. <laughs> Calls up that, David that's Thomas. Much, that's pretty much the movie. Yeah, it is pretty much the movie. You know what? There's not too much. It's not really a movie with the, that much to talk about. There's no like interesting ideas or anything behind it. It just kind of happens. We have it's funny in parts. One more minute until we reach the hour mark. We haven't even reached. Well, we're going to get past. I still have a little bit to talk about about the aftermath of this movie. Let's talk about the aftermath of this yeah, movie. Yeah, that that's that's pretty much the movie. It ends like that. Yuri and Wendell. I mean, not Yuri and Wendell. Wendell and Travis make a club in real Indian Springs, and everyone's happy. Yada, yada the end. The end. Uh, you said 
George H.W. Bush saw this movie. I have my doubts because nobody saw this movie. <laughs> um, this came out 1989, around the time of Look Who's Talking, um, after having sat on the shelf for a little bit. Um, it had a $3 million budget. It made a total of $169,000. Whoa. Nobody that is went a, and saw it. That is a catastrophic flop. Wow. It is, wow. according to thenumbers.com, it is Travolta's third lowest grossing movie that was released in theaters. What was his first lowest? The lowest are Killing Season and In the Valley of Violence. Oh, man. But this is his lowest grossing aside from those. $169,000. Which is just a catastrophic number. Yeah, that is pretty bad. That's nobody. Nobody went and saw it. That's, That's actually nobody. Yeah. Um... This, if this had come out earlier, it would have been a death knell for his career. He's lucky that it comes out around the time of Lucas Talk, which is a success and a bit of an upswing for him. Um, this movie did not do well critically, uh, just as well as it did not do commercially. It has 26% Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, even the positive views are like, it's fine. Um, there's no one really passionate about this movie. I would give it a yeah, zero, neither are we. Zero percent. It's not um it's not a great movie. It's it's pretty terrible. It, it's less than a footnote in his career. Um it's pretty much like, you know, the death knell of his youthful time and uh he finally adapts and becomes the dad personnel. Yeah, he settles into dad dad roles. Like like older I don't want to say older guy because he's still yeah. in his thirties. Look who's talking, pulp fiction. Yeah. <laughs> those uh, all those movies that are coming off, all those movies where he's a dad. Yeah. Even Chains of Gold, which is a, a movie we're covering soon, he's in a he's in a more like adult performance. Yeah. But yeah, that that's pretty much the the lasting legacy of this movie is that um it a uh, colossal flop, um, the end of an era for him. And he met his future wife, he met his uh, Kelly future Preston. Wife, Kelly Preston. Um, yeah, yeah, that's that's, be, that's pretty much the experts. Well, great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just have nothing <laughs> to add on. <laughs> this movie this, was this... so boring to watch, and it felt like a complete waste of an hour and a half of my life. And yeah, it was. This was a. It, I, it was not a chore. It was like. It was a simple watch, but at the same time, there's just not much to it. Yeah. Um, it comes like that rung of like 80s movies where it's just like, why even bother? And, um, but thankfully, next week, you folks have a hell of an episode to listen to, <laughs> which Travolta yeah. has his first success in about 10 years with, um, Look, look who's talking! Look who's talking! Who's talking? And you yes, know who we're joined is by talking? Very s- you know who is talking us in that episode? And us. very special guest, Mary Grace Schumann. Mary Grace uh, Schumann, daughter, <laughs> daughter of our previous guest, Kathy, from the Grease episode. Yep, uh, who'll be joining us to talk about? Who'll be joining us to look uh, talk about? Look who's talking and her thoughts and theories on it. Yes, it's a great episode. It's one we've already recorded. You guys have that to look forward to next week. Yeah. 
Aside from that, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to rate, review, subscribe on all the platforms you have available that you listen on. As a reminder, we're on Spotify, we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and YouTube. Um, yeah. Subscribe, like, let us know what you think in the comments section. If you want to reach us directly, uh, you can go at TravoltingPod on Twitter or Instagram, or you can email us, TravoltingPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff W. Sweeney. You can find Stuart on Instagram at Stuart Elmore 95. I post photos. It's about it. Jeff doesn't post at yeah. all. I, I don't really use Instagram, no. Um, but I use Twitter, so come at me on it. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. See you folks next week. Hope you enjoyed and uh, have a great rest of your day. Get vaccinated. Stay safe. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. Wear a mask. Bye, folks. Oh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. I, want, I forgot. Very special thanks to both uh, Rebecca Johnson for our graphic design and Michael Van Bodegum-Smith for our theme music. That is taking you out right now. Right now. Bye, everybody. Bye.